The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. talking about a prayer and the title has been every someone say every not some every prayer answered because this is God's will for all of us God wants to answer every single one of your prayers and his answer to every single one of your prayers is yes and amen amen that's what that's the stamp God has already put on uh, the prayer that you pray the right way can I get an amen? amen. And uh, with this, just a little caveat, uh, is that prayer means prayer. It does not mean complaining. It does not mean updating God on how bad it is. Uh, prayer means prayer. And so if you want to find out a little bit more about what this is, please visit the website and uh, check out all the other teachings. We laid uh, quite a foundation uh, with regards to that. Amen. Uh, and so what we learned from Ephesians 6.18, this is what it says. It says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. And so prayer, the foundation of prayer is fellowship, right? Uh, the reason God gave us this thing called prayer is so we can fellowship with Him, so we can establish a relationship with Him. Uh, John 3, I believe verse 17 says, This is eternal life uh, to know God and Jesus Christ whom He sent. So uh, really, when we uh, venture into this thing called prayer, our hearts should be to be in fellowship with God. Amen? It just so happens that while we are doing that, there are other things that we can do. We can ask God for stuff, and He will give those things to us. But that's not all there is to prayer. And uh, Ephesians six eighteen here tells us that we must pray at all time in the Spirit. Amen. So every prayer must be prayed in the Spirit. You know, I know in charismatic uh, circles, when we say pray in the Spirit, uh, we we in in particular talking about praying in tongues. Right? But, uh, you know, that will throw you off because every prayer should be prayed in the Spirit. Amen? You can't pray in the flesh, you know, and then pray in the Spirit. Every prayer should be prayed in the Spirit. And he says here we should pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers. So we also learn in Ephesians 6.18 that there are different kinds of prayers. Amen? And so these different kinds of prayers have different ways of operation in them. And so we've already talked about the prayer of petition, uh, also known as the prayer of asking. There's a way you ask, and the Bible says you ask in faith. The prayer of uh, meditation, we talked about that as prayer. What that means is your thoughts, uh, you know, you can't allow your thoughts to run uh, wild after you've prayed uh, the prayer of petition because you're still praying. Uh, the meditation of your heart is still prayer. It's still a part of your fellowship with God. Last week, we talked about the prayer of intercession and what it is, standing in the gap and things of that nature. And you can go and uh, check that out at the website. And today, we want to talk about another kind of prayer that we see in Scripture. And uh, let's go quickly to Matthew chapter number 18. And uh, I'll be reading from verse 19. Matthew uh, chapter number 18, uh, verse 19. And this is what it says. 
Jesus speaking. He says, again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. So he says, I truly tell you that if, you can circle that word, if, right? That's the terms and conditions, you know? That's the, that's the kicker right there, the, the trigger that releases this, this projectile. It says, uh, if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father, which is in heaven. So two big words right there. The first one is agree. So there has to be um, some agreement about something. And that something, he calls it anything. Amen? He says if two of you get together and agree on anything, again, the context is anything that's on the menu. Amen. Not anything you can think about. Amen. So if you touch and agree on robbing the bank, it will not be done for you by our Heavenly Father. Can I get an amen? And so the context is the word anything here is anything that is on the grace menu. Because people run wild with this. Let's touch and agree on, you know, and they just run wild. It's like if I went with Pastor Henry to Nando's, right, and, and I say to Pastor H, hey, you can order anything. The context is anything at Nando's. If he says, I want, you know, Chinese, then it's out of context. Amen? And so if you want to bring this to context, he's saying if you agree on anything that is on the grace menu, in other words, anything that Jesus has paid for, then that will be done by our Heavenly Father in heaven, which means the first foundation or the first uh, uh, port of uh, uh, call, if you will, uh, for, for our agreement should be the Word of God. So before I agree with you, I must agree with the word first. Amen. That's the anything, right? Then we can get together uh, into an agreement. This is how we should approach God's word. 1 Thessalonians 2, 13. It says, for this reason, we also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God which you heard from us, you welcomed it not as the word of man, but as it is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. And so we see here that the church at Thessalonica received the word of God, not as a, as a history book, not just, you know, facts, but they received it as words of life that proceeded out of God's mouth. And so our approach in this prayer of agreement should be like this as we get together in agreement about what God is getting ready to, to, to do in our lives. And so, uh, really, it's the prayer of agreement is two people coming together in agreement on a prayer request. And uh, this is not just a nod, right? I, I know in the church sometimes people uh, uh, go around saying, would you please touch and agree with me? In fact, people, someone came to me said, would you please uh, touch and agree with me on this silent you know, request? <laughs> Now, the problem is, how am I going to agree with a silent request? Touch and agree with it. I don't know what your silent request is. <laughs> Amen? In fact, you come to find out, they're trying to get rid of their spouse. That's the, si that's the silent request. <laughs> no, I can't agree with that. I need to know what the request is and what scripture you're standing on so that both of us can agree. And our point of agreement, do you all see that? Our point of agreement is what the Bible says. 
And again, it's not a casual, you know, I'm transferring this load to you. That's what happens, you know, with people, when people come to uh, my wife and I asking, for, Pastor, would you please touch and agree with me about such and such? Essentially what they're saying is, over to you. I'm going to be chilling out, waiting for you to do all the agreement. No, no, no. This prayer of agreement means equal commitment at a covenantal level. Equal commitment for both parties saying, hey, we're going to see to it that we're going to apply our faith, release our faith based on this scripture until this thing is established in the natural. Amen? So it's not a casual, hey, would you please touch and agree with me? In fact, the first thing I ask is, what scripture are we standing on? And when we establish that, then we can touch and agree uh, to see the results. Can I get an amen? amen? But the kicker here is agree. Someone say agree. agree. We must come into agreement with God's word and with each other. Why is this so important? Why? Because God honors unity. Yes. Amen. amen? God honors unity. Let's go to Psalm 133. This is a kingdom principle of unity. Amen? And God honors that. Now watch what he says here in uh, Psalm 133. He says, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. unity. Man, when I read this, I got excited because God seems to be saying or suggesting through Psalm 133 that unity is both good and pleasant. So many things that are good, but not pleasant. Eating healthy is good, <laughs> but it's not pleasant. Amen? Going to the gym is good, praise the Lord, but it is not pleasant. But when it comes to unity, God is saying it's like having ice cream and it's healthy. It's both good Hallelujah, and it's pleasant. Amen? And, and he uses that around unity. When God sees two people come together in agreement, uh, a harmony, God calls that place good and pleasant. And I might add, you know, one of the places we should be using this uh, prayer frequently is in the place of marriage. Why? Because there is no other place you can achieve the kind of unity that a husband and wife can achieve in the place of marriage. Scripture says in Genesis 2.24, uh, the husband, the man, shall leave his father and his mother, and he shall be joined, muted, right, cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. It's the only place in Scripture that gives us this math. One plus one equals one. In the place of marriage. Why? Because there's such a unity already because of the covenant of marriage that when you start to pray this prayer, Matthew 18, verse 19, I mean, there's so much powerful things that can happen. Amen? Amen. And I, I always tell people who are getting ready to, uh, uh, you know, get married, and I tell them, I say, man, there's something awesome. There's something special. I can't explain it, but something special happens uh, the day you get married and you, you, the two of you start working together uh, towards a goal. There's just something. There's some exponential increase. There's just something that happens that didn't happen when you were a bachelor. Just one mm. <laughs> Everybody else, Pastor, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> just, 
just in the entire, I was looking for an amen, I'm searching, high and low, <laughs> couldn't find one. But this is the truth. Why? Because scripture says one can put a thousand to flight, but two can put how many? Ten thousand to flight. And God seems to release this anointing. We're going to read this. He seems to release this anointing on this place uh, called unity. Verse 2, it says, it is like the precious oil. He's talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It is like the precious oil upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron or Aaron, depending on where you're from, running down on the edge of his garments. So he's talking about uh, unity that releases the anointing power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. There's a unity. Uh, 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 there the are things that the place of unity will release in, in our community, in our lives, that we can never achieve individually. That's why there's a thing called the corporate anointing. And we're going to see it, uh, some of those things. We're going to look at some of those things that happen uh, when we come together in unity. Amen? There's some things God takes advantage of this unity in what we commonly call synergy in business. There's a thing called synergy, right? Uh, the whole is greater than the sum total of its parts. In other words, if with a clenched fist, I can cause uh, more damage than I could with uh, my single fingers hitting you individually, separately. And so this is why God wants us to come together and do things, and he releases something on that unity. Can I get an amen? amen. It's, 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 it's powerful, amen? This is what it says in verse 3, Psalm 133. He said, it is like the Jew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion, for there, where? At the place of unity. There the Lord, watch this, has commanded the blessing, and life forevermore. Amen? And this is why the enemy fights uh, unity all the time. You know why? Because he knows if husband and wife can get together on prayer requests, hey, things are going to start moving. Things are going to be established. And so you know what he does? He fights, he fights that off. He doesn't want you in harmony. He wants, he wants somebody else to be praying south and somebody else praying north. You are praying, you're just praying in discord. Can I get an amen? amen? And discord, you know, here's what's interesting about discord is that if we put 10 people here and nine of them are singing beautifully, <laughs> nine of them, the majority are doing good, they're singing beautiful, and one is doing their own thing. It doesn't matter how hard the nine try. The one who's singing discord, their own key, their own tune, they will mess up the nine. Amen? And this is why the devil, he likes it with families, right? He likes to, uh, uh, you know, uh, get you to go against your siblings. And then he likes to uh, get you to go against your cousins. He likes to get you to go against this one and the other. He likes to form factions in families, you know, so that he can stop. This anointing, corporate anointing, to actually achieve things that will change your family tree forever. Yeah. Can I get an amen? amen? And so this is why God wants us to understand the principle and the power of unity. Let's go to Acts chapter number 2 verse 1. This is powerful. Acts chapter number 2 verse 1. It says this. It says, and when the day uh, of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Think about it. 
12 grown men were all in one Honda Accord. <laughs> no, 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 that's not what it's saying. He says they were all with one accord. What does that a phrase, one accord, mean? Uh, one accord is in the Greek, homo thumadon, uh, homo, which means one, and thumadon, which means passion. In other words, when the disciples came together uh, on the day of Pentecost, they were all operating and they were all driven by one passion. They were passionate about the same thing. Amen? Amen. There was a harmony there. Amen? Amen. And, and, and the reason this is so important is because the opposite of that is, uh, is strife, it is discord. And if you read in James chapter number 3, verse 16, let's see what happens when, when, when we start operating from the opposite. You know, and sometimes people do that in prayer, is that they don't realize how important this is, and they're all praying all over the place. But here's what Scripture says. It says for, uh, in the King James, please, if you will, uh, in the original King James, he says this. He says for where envying and strife is, there is what? confusion and every evil work. And so what strife does is it opens up the door for all kinds of, uh, you know, unnecessary things. Amen? Amen. Uh, it's a dangerous spirit. You know, I always tell people, I was sharing with the guys at, at uh, the office the other day, I was saying, you know, the, the, the key ingredient to miracles is joy. You know, we were talking about, you know, when people are going through stuff and they're just miserable, they're sad, and just walking around, Pastor, you know, I need this miracle. And they say, what would be your advice, Pastor? Get happy. Amen. Find some joy somewhere. Amen? And you say people who are always happy, people who are smiling all the time, they've got miracles chasing them. But when you allow strife and bitterness and all these things, what it does is it opens up your heart to what? To confusion and every evil work. All kinds of things start to happen. And if you talk to doctors, they'll tell you this will even affect, you know, uh, your immune system. When you have strife and you're bitter, I mean, it sends a signal to your body. It starts sending all kinds of chemicals, right? But when you are just full of joy, the joy of the Lord is our what? Is our strength. And so joy breeds that. People who are always happy. Man, I like to be around people like that. You know why? Because I know it's a breeding ground for miracles. When Jesus, you know, saw the disciples crying and they were in the boat, what was the first thing he told them? Be off. Start dancing. Do something. Get some joy. Get some instruments. I'll play music. Do something. Hey, but the storm is raging. Do something that makes you cheerful and joyful. So that you can get away from the spirit of strife. And when you do that, there's an anointing that's released there that Good breeding ground for miracles. Amen. amen. I said amen. <laughs> and I might add, in your, you know, in choosing friends, this is what I apply. Someone say that's Pastor T, not the Bible. <laughs> this is what I do, right? What I do is I'm looking for uh, uh, people who are happy. People who are just glad. For nothing. This is the day of the Lord. <laughs> Let us rejoice and be. Hey, I don't want to be around those people. Amen? I, that's what I look for. So I have a strong gift of welcome for those people, but I also have a big, huge anointing for goodbye. <laughs> for people who are always sad and miserable. You know why? Because that stuff is contagious, and it's going to create, uh, you know, energy. Have you ever been around people? You're bad. There's an energy. No, I want to be in unity so that we can pray for things and things happen. 
Can I get an amen? Too strong? Is that too strong? Moving right along. And so one accord is very important. If you read in uh, Scripture, in the book of Acts, uh, there are 12 places minimum where the phrase one accord is used. It's littered everywhere in the book of Acts. The disciples uh, functioned in the place of unity. They were always in one accord. When Peter was arrested, uh, the Bible says the disciples went to pray and they were all in one accord. And because of that, there was a miracle released and uh, Peter was, was released. Amen? And so this is God's will for all of us. He wants us to function and operate uh, in one accord, in the place of, of unity. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 11. Genesis chapter number 11. Thank you, Jesus. Genesis chapter number 11. And uh, I'm going to read verse 1. Listen to what it says. It says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. In other words, these people spoke the same thing. That's how unified they were. They spoke the same thing. And if you read, you know, really the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 1, I believe verse 10, he talks about, you know, how the church at Corinth uh, needed to be in, in one accord. Let's go there. He says this. This is the Apostle Paul. He says, Now I plead with you. I mean, this is serious, right? If the apostle is pleading with them, this has to be uh, something vital and important. He says, now I plead with you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the what? The same thing. Same thing. You know, some, uh, uh, people, some people think that, you know, Pastor C and I have no problems because we don't shade with them. And the reason we don't share it with them is we decided we were going to share our problems with people who have the ability, number one, and the commitment and the passion to want to pray with us until we see that problem through. Amen. On the flip side, we have people that when they have a problem, they'll Facebook it. And then cap it off with, would you please touch and agree with me? Now, that's dangerous because when you're dealing with the principle of unity, uh, it works both ways in the positive and in the negative. And so you put it out there that, you know, the doctor has said I have such and such and it's incurable. You know, you, you, better, you better be sure that all your entire Facebook uh, friend neighborhood is filled with people of faith. Otherwise, they're all going to touch and agree that you are going to die in three weeks. And it also releases something. Can I get an amen? amen. And so you find people who are willing uh, uh, to, to touch and agree with you, go all the way until they see uh, that prayer come to fruition. It's not just a nod. It's, it's a commitment. And it says about these people, the whole earth, had one language, one speech, and it came to pass that as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said, someone say they said. They spoke. How did they speak? With one language and one speech. Remember verse 1, right? So they all said the same thing. This is why, you know, if you go, even in the secular world, if you go into any business, most businesses at least, they have their values right at the front, their mission statement and their vision right at the front. You know why they do that? It is because they want to try and get everybody to speak the same thing. Because if everybody gets on the same page and all everybody speaks the same thing, guess what? Then there's going to be an exponential release of power, even in the secular world. People who don't know God, they know that there is power in speaking the same thing. Amen? Amen. 
And so it says here, they spoke one to another with, the, with one language, one speech. Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. And uh, they had a brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, someone say they said. So they haven't even started building. This is still at the idea, you know, planning phase. And this is what they said. Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But when the Lord came, verse 5, the Lord came down to see the city which the sons of men had built. They hadn't even built it. But even God knew that there is enough power in unity that once they agree, it's already done. Manifestation is just the extra stuff. The power is released in the place of unity. And this is why the devil will fight you tooth and toenail to be in discord with your siblings. You, he will make you the head of a faction. Can you imagine a family of four people? Only four people, their factions. Four people. Their factions. And you are conniving the devil. You think you, think you are doing something worthwhile. You call you the other one. You say, that's such and such. That she is the problem. She was whispering to mom. And she says, and you, you, you really, th- when you cut that phone, you really think you made, pro- yeah, you did make progress, but it was not for God. And it was not for fruit. Is that strong? Come back next week. It will be much lighter. <laughs> Amen. I mean, this is strong. You know, when you do that, you are solidifying something. You're building something, and you're stopping the flow of what God is trying to do in that home, in that family, even with your kids. Man, there has to be unity. And, you know, really, there's only one word that stands between uh, people and being united. Uh, it's, it's ego, right? That's, that's the only word. You get rid of that. Oh, man, we can make some progress. Verse 6, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one. Even God Almighty recognized this. He said the people are one, and they have one language. In other words, the people are united. And this that they begin to do now, nothing they propose, not even nothing they attempt to do. Man, you can be so unified that all you need to do is talk about it. Nothing they propose to do. Husband and wife, man, when you're at this place, all you need is proposal. (laughs) Now the problem is, the enemy shuts us down at the level of proposal. For some of you, man, go tell your your wife, hey, I want to start a business. Your wife says, ah. (laughs) You... And then you go out into the marketplace and you can't find someone to give you capital. No, no, no. That's not where you lost the battle. <laughs> and then you come here, Pastor T, let's pray for the banks. And the, no, 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 no. We're praying for the wrong people. <laughs> the one we should be praying for is right there next to you. I'm just saying. He said, God Almighty said, this thing that they propose to do, why? Because these people are speaking one language. Now, God wants us to speak one language in prayer. That's all I'm saying. 
Amen? So, when, you know, things happen and find a scripture, husband and wife, this is why we encourage you to grow together spiritually, right? To go to life group together. I've even sent some wives to the Catholic Church because I wanted them to be in unity. Send them. I told them, I said, hey, there's no use you coming here and your husband goes to. You go join him so you can do something together for a change. Amen? Because it's that important. Man, this is why, again, uh, you know, uh, uh, we, we, shouldn't, we shouldn't so strive, even in the body of Christ, the, the, the corporate body of Christ. The Man, we shouldn't. Uh, uh, that's why I, I used to be one of them, and so I'm not picking on them. You know, people that really believe they have a ministry of uh, uh, correcting everybody <laughs> in the body of Christ. They think they're doing the Lord's work. They're not. Amen? Amen? Because, I mean, God Almighty, God's kids, God's kids come from all different walks of life. God's kids, man, some of you, when we get to heaven, the, people, the churches that you think aren't real and they don't believe the same thing, man, they're going to be in the, in the front seat. They're going to be on the, in the deacon section. <laughs> the people that you pick on, because you think God cares that they don't pray in tongues? No, no, no. The only condition is this, that if you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you shall be saved. Man, if some of you had the keys to, to heaven, only faith healers would make it, would make it to heaven. Because you really believe we are the only ones. You really believe we have a soul distributorship, soul franchise. Of the gospel. Let me tell you, the entire body of Christ is filled with the gospel. Amen. 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 And God loves it like that. This is why he says when you come to Christ, there is neither Jew nor Gentile, neither male nor female. It doesn't matter. Why? Because all have become one in Christ. You may not take advantage of some things that are available uh, for you here on the earth, but when we get to heaven, it's all going to be one big family. Amen. Amen. There are people who don't believe in prosperity. They just won't enjoy it right here on the earth, but they'll make it to heaven. There are people who don't believe in, in healing. They're still part of the family. Yeah. And so I used, to, I used to be, you know, one of those that liked the ministry of criticism. I was, man, I was full on. I was the, you know, the bishop of the ministry. <laughs> on Facebook, man, you say something that I didn't believe. I was there, you know, writing you a paragraph just saying, you know, this is what the scripture says about healing. You better believe it is God's word to heal. And they would come back and say, oh, man, that thing passed through. And then one of my friends corrected me. He said to me, Tavara, I see you are intense and you really are tight in this thing. Let me ask you a question. <laughs> my friend Loiso, he said that to me. He said, he said uh, so if you, if you put an outer call right at the end of your back and forth with this brother, how many people are going to get born again? Man, immediately I had a revelation that uh, uh, maintaining a relationship was more important than winning an argument. Amen. We all belong to the body of Christ. Amen? amen. I said amen. amen. No use. I mean, there's some churches that don't like uh, uh, guitars. They just sing, you know, a cappella. <laughs> Praise the Lord. They're going to be in heaven. There's some churches that like to sing from the hymn book. They don't like the projector. God, God doesn't mind about any of them. They like pews. They don't like chairs. God doesn't care about any of that. All God is looking for is 
who has received Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, and you will make it to heaven. And the, the Apostle Paul even tried with the uh, church at Corinth. See, some of you are saying you're of Paul. Some of you, you're saying you're of Apollos. No, no, no. Realize Paul uh, uh, planted, Apollos watered, but it is God that brings the increase. We all are called to do different things in the body, but we are all God's children. Amen. Amen? And so before you criticize, realize that Jesus values unity more than being right. Ooh, I'm going to get into trouble now. Let's go to John 17. We're going we're gonna to end with this. Ooh, five more minutes. Time flies when you're having fun. Have you ever realized? I go fast. <laughs> I wish it went this fast when I was doing the plank. You know the plank? Man, I, I put my phone in there. I covered it with a towel. I thought it was two-minute plank. I opened that thing. 35 seconds. <laughs> it doesn't go fast when you, you know. Listen to what Jesus said. Uh, John, John chapter number 17, verse 20, right? This is Jesus praying, so this is the Lord's prayer, right? The one that he gave to us is our prayer, our Father, who art in heaven is our prayer. This one is the Lord's prayer, the one that the Lord Jesus prayed. And this is what he said. He said this in verse 20, he's praying. He says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. This is powerful. When Jesus prayed before he left the earth, he prayed for you and I, those who will believe. Jesus interceded for you and I to be able to uh, 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 receive the word of God in our hearts and have a conviction that we, we, we receive Jesus as our personal Lord. It was Jesus' prayer. And it gives me great joy to know that Jesus prayed for me. Now, if you don't read the Bible, it may sound like arrogance. But it's there in Scripture. Jesus prayed for those who will believe in him through their word. The word of the apostles. Amen? And he's still praying for us. Uh, if you read Hebrews 7, 25, he says, He forever lives to make intercession for you and I. Amen? It's powerful. Verse 21. And he's praying, and he prayed this as well. He says, I pray that they all may be one. Verse 21, right? Is there verse 21 there? Yeah. He said, I pray that they all may be one. So Jesus, in his prayer, prayed this. He said, I pray that they, us believers, right, may be one as you, capital letter Y, God, uh, the Father, are in me. And I in you, that they also may be one in us. So all of us who are in Christ, he's praying that we may be unified, we may be one. And he says, so that, you can put an S-O between uh, that and, uh, and, uh, and us. You know, we're still in verse 21. He says, so that the world may believe that you sent me. And so according to Jesus, our unity is the greatest evangelism tool there is. Did y'all see that? He says, through you and I being one, right? When we stop being divided uh, along the gender lines, when we stop being divided along the uh, race lines, when we stop being divided along the uh, uh, tribe lines, uh, people should walk in here and say, oh, man, this place, everybody's welcome. This is what heaven looks like. And Jesus says when the world sees that, they're going to believe that God sent Jesus. 
It is there, I pray that you may give the pastor uh, uh, good theology and uh, powerful uh, sermons and illustrations so that they may believe. No, it's, it's not going to happen through that. It's going to happen through unity of the saints. Did you all see that? When you and I can get together and be one and be unified, speak the same language, think the same thing. Man, when we are all about the kingdom of God and not our own selfish ambitions, man, I'm telling you, the world will see and know that God sent Jesus Christ to be uh, our personal Lord and Savior. Now, the problem is the world is looking at the church and, and they, man, they, they don't see unity. And here we are, we're trying to invite them. And they say, man, fix yourselves first. When you've decided what's really true, then you can talk to us. Why? Because we valued being right more than being unified. Amen? But Jesus is praying uh, uh, differently. Watch what, he, what else he says. Uh, verse, verse 22. I pray uh, that the glory which you, have, which you gave me, I have given to them. What's the reason for the glory? So that they may be one, just as we are one. So the glory, you know the glory cloud and some smoke, is for unity. This is the glory you gave me, glory, hallelujah, glory. The glory you gave me, I'm giving to them, and the net effect of that is they are going to be That's the net effect of that, of the powerful word called glory. You really want to see where the glory of God is? Just look at who's getting along. And who's not, if they're not getting along, there's no glory. Because the net result of the glory is to get along. You want to see which marriage is in glory? Moving right along. Verse 23, I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect. That word, you know, perfect doesn't mean flaw, uh, flawless. It means mature. So you want to see mature people? Check who values unity. He says, I in them, Jesus, you in me, that they may be made mature or perfect in one so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Do you know how the world is going to experience the love of God and know that Jesus Christ was sent by God? It is when they see us function in this thing called unity that we're talking about today. In general, as a principle, now you bring it to prayer. He says, when you touch and agree on something, it shall be done for you by my Father which is in heaven. So I want to encourage you this morning to think about this soberly. Amen. I said, amen. amen. Think about this soberly. This could be a turning a point for your family. This could be a turning point uh, for your business. Amen. amen. Uh, the Bible instructs us to love everybody, but it didn't instruct us to work with everybody. Some of all your business needs right now for you is to be strong and uproot the strife. 
Ooh, just one amen, just one amen. Over. That's what you need to do. I've talked to ministers uh, of the gospel, and, and even in our own team, we have the, what we call the triple C. You know, when we're choosing uh, people to work with and leaders and so on and so forth, we're just looking, we're not looking for, for talent, we're not looking for anointing, we're not looking for Holy Ghost, this or the other. We're just looking for three things. We're looking for, you know, people who are faithful, available, and teachable. And beyond that, we're looking for triple C. You know, what are the triple C? Chemistry is a chemistry. Can we get along? Can we hang out? Do we like each other? I want to work with people I like. And that like me. I want to work with people who don't like me. Walk in the office, everybody, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> What's the use? We're running towards the finish line. I mean, I did the math. I, I, turned, I turned 42, right? I did the math. I realized I'm running towards the finish line. So we've got to make every second count. We're not running towards the start line. <laughs> it says when you turn 40, it hits you. And your 12 months, your one year, uh, uh, four months when you turn 40. It's like I turned uh, uh, 42 next month of turning 40. It goes that fast. Yeah, it goes very fast. Your weeks are three, three days old. And so you gotta, you've got to make sure. 20-year-olds don't understand. They're like, bastard. I mean, you talk to any 20-year-old, you say, hey, we're going to do such and such next year. They say, ah, next year. <laughs> you talk to anyone above 40, you say, we're going to do it next year. Hey, okay, that's next week. <laughs> I mean, it changes, right? And so I've realized, hey, we're running towards the finish line. And so for us to do it, uh, um, you know, with joy in our hearts, let's just have chemistry. So the first thing you need is to triple C chemistry, culture. Do, do you know, do we have a, a culture co coherence, right? Do, we, do Is there a culture of joy, happiness, and so on? And everybody who uh, is a new member, we usually use them to gauge our culture. And we really want a culture of joy and happiness. And so we want a culture of love. We don't want a culture of, you know, people who are bossy and it, ooh, it rubs us the wrong way. We don't like that kind of stuff. And so whenever we do our new members class, we gauge ourselves and we get some feedback. What do you like about faith? When they say, oh, the people are warm, it's like, oh, praise the Lord, the culture is still alive. Yeah. Amen. So that's what we're looking for. Competence is the third one, right? But it's really not important because you can train someone to be competent, but you can't train someone to like you. <laughs> it's called manipulation. You just get along, right? And so you're looking for these things so that what? They can be easy, uh, unity, and so that you can do stuff together and reach the world out there. And I'm out of my time, so why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Man, I'm telling you, you ought to be the, the instrument of joy in your family. Ooh, not a single amen. Did, man, did you all bring any amens today? Did anyone bring any amens? Amen. When you show up, people should wait for you. When people, you know, when they have a bride in December, right, and they know you're coming in two days, they should be excited that you're coming because they know when you come, the party is about to start. You're going to turn up. You're going to show up and make people reconcile, make people hug, and you're going to show up and just be the instrument that God can use to bring unity. Amen? 
you don't want your family members to be sitting there saying, oh, they're, they're coming. <laughs> anybody know anybody like that? It's not you. Anybody know anybody like that? In your family? Everybody's having a good time, but you know. When they get here, you better have as much fun as you can. Just maximize. Because when they get here, it's all going to stop. Amen? The party pooper, right? Man, no, no, I mean, Jesus, he says Jesus was uh, uh, filled with the oil of gladness. He, he was the happiest kid on the block. You know, people have a wrong perspective of Jesus. When Jesus was hanging out with the boys, well, it was tons of fun. Filled with the oil of gladness. With an anointing to be happy. Can you imagine being anointed to be filled with joy? That's Jesus. And so this thing about, hey, the, the religious have to just, you know, look like they're eating lemons all the time. This thing. <laughs> nope. You won't find it in Scripture. Amen. To just be serious. It's not, do you realize that serious is not a gift of the Spirit? Does anybody realize that? Serious is not, the, is not a gift of the Spirit. You won't find it. Amen. I said amen. And so, man, I'm telling you, God is going to use you to be that instrument of change. He's going to use you to be that instrument that brings uh, people together, united, and your entire family is going to come to Jesus because they see that in you. They see that you're not stuck up. You, you just... What you see is what you get. That's one thing someone, you know, told me about me. He said, you know, Pastor T, I like you because the same guy in the pulpit is the same guy at the restaurant. is the same guy at the office. There's no different versions depending on the situation. It's the same guy. And uh, uh, God wants us to be like that. He wants us to bring his joy into these different places so that people's lives can be changed. It's the unity of the saints that's going to reach the world out there. It's when they can see that we are one in our families, we are one in our marriages, we are one in our small community groups, we are one as a church, we are one as a nation, we are one as a continent. It's when people see that, they will see that there is an anointing of God there and it releases the power of God. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you. Lord, we just thank you for you have called us to this place of unity. And so, Lord, I pray right now for everyone under the sound of my voice. I pray especially uh, for those who are married, husband and wife. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that you're opening up their hearts. You're bringing them in onto the same page. That they may see things from the same perspective. That they may have uh, the same language. That they may speak the same speech, one speech, one language. Lord, I thank you, Father, for families. I thank you, Father, that you are bringing this sense of unity and the commitment to unity. I thank you, Father, that this morning you are uh, showing these, your precious children, that it's not an option. Unity is not just an option on the table. No, it's everything. It is everything. Because you honor the place of unity. You have commanded the blessing and life 
forevermore. And so, Lord, I just thank you, Father, that unity, agreement will prevail all over this place, all over this building, in our businesses, uh, in our uh, uh, careers, in everything that we do. Lord, I just thank you, Father, that this word will be alive in everything that we do. Lord, I thank you, Father, that these, uh, your precious children, will not be divided uh, on political lines. They will not be divided on tribal lines. They will not be divided on language lines. They will not be divided on racial lines. Lord, I thank you, Father, that they will be unified in Christ Jesus. Uh, to know that, that there is neither Jew nor Gentile, there is neither male nor female, because all are one in Christ. Lord, I thank you that you are bringing this starting with our community and that the world will know that God sent Jesus Christ to be the Savior of the world. Lord, I thank you and I give you all the praise. It is in Jesus' name. And someone shout, Amen. Amen. Now, if you are here and you have not received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, we want to pray for you before we go. And so I'm going to ask you, uh, while every head is bowed, I'm going to ask you to just lift your hand wherever you are. Uh, it's really simple. All you have to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. We will lead you in that prayer of confession. You will pray uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he died and that on the third day he was raised from the dead and that uh, he's seated right now at the right hand uh, of our Father in heaven. You make that prayer. You make that confession. The Bible says you shall be saved. Amen. And so if that's you, we're going to ask you to lift your hand wherever you are so we can pray together. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Going once, going twice, and gone. If you still want to make that commitment, please uh, don't go. Come to the front. We have some leaders, some elders that are going to help you. Uh, you know, uh, make that big step. Amen. It's the first step into the kingdom of God. All of us uh, came into the kingdom that way. And so I encourage you to talk to us before you go so we can pray together with you. Amen. Man, man, what an awesome, awesome day. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everybody else, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith and not by The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. We